Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to Sex, Psychics and Psychedelics. Discovering Inner Liberation. My name is Banana Jane Garnett. I'm a licensed psychotherapist, a lover of freedom, and a relentless explorer of the mind. Please come join me on my journey in hot pursuit of inner illumination and liberation. For more about me, you can find me at the Banana Jane on Instagram. Now let's dive in. It's hard to describe my next guest beyond saying that she is a wonderful psychic and a wonderful person. I'm crazy about Megan. I've been speaking to her for a few years on and off and she feels like a friend. She feels like a family member. She feels like a sound trustworthy advisor. She's always ready to laugh. As you're probably gathering, I'm a huge fan of Megan's and it took me a while to actually corral her and get her on this podcast And I went through this phase of thinking, oh, well, I'll just have to accept the fact that I can't have Megan on my psychic section of my podcast. And I was quite sad about it, actually, because Megan kind of introduced me to the world of psychics and has always been very encouraging of my own journey as a little psychic duckling. And yeah, I'm just super happy to have her here today and to share her with you. Let's begin. Darling, I was just thinking about the first time I met you. I don't know if you remember. I think I do. I think it was about six or seven years ago and it was at a bachelorette party. Yes. Like yes. a day long in Venice. And I remember the woman who went before me because everyone was taking quick turns with you, came down yeah. the stairs in a state of shell shock. And I asked like, <laughs> <laughs> what happened? And my friend was like, oh, Megan identified her toxic relationship and told her all this truth and she can't handle it. And so I was a bit scared. And then I went in and you told me that I was also in a toxic relationship and you gave me this image that I never forgot. It was a really weird image. And you said, it's a bit like trying to tip over a Coca-Cola machine. Oh. And I was like, what? Yeah. I've never tried to tip over a Coca-Cola machine before. But in some way, it was a kind of perfect image because you were nailing how heavy it was and how difficult it was to actually end this relationship. Yeah. And I, I took your advice and I eventually knocked over a Coke machine for the first time in yeah. my life. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. I love that. I do remember that party really well. Some of them stand out in your mind when you do so many, you know. What do you remember? I loved the women. I loved the yeah. women at that party. Really special energy really supportive of one another, you know, yeah. you see it all as a, when you do parties as well as a psychic. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Getting lots of different sort of layers of information. Just to go back to the Coke machine, because I've never forgotten yeah. this. Where the hell did that image come from? Have you ever knocked over a Coke machine? No, you know, I think I saw it on Seinfeld. I think it was a joke. They said some relationships are like trying to knock over a Coke machine. You have to rock them back and forth a couple of times uh, before they finally go over. But uh -huh. spirit will work with anything you've ever heard. No things you don't know, you know, but 
it'll be like a reference or an image they can use anything from your library. That's why we always have to be reading and learning new stuff. So we have more tools to be oh, shown. Oh, that's interesting. So, so for you, it's they're kind of flagging an existing image or reference yeah. in your library. They're not giving you a new one. Well, sometimes it's new and I have to ask what it means. Mm. But a lot of times it'll be something that means something to the client or something that the client will resonate with. Like they'll reference a TV show they're watching or a book that they're reading. Sometimes it happens a lot. And um, they'll go, oh my God, oh my God, I'm reading that. That's so weird that you use that TV show or that example. I'm like, well, I didn't pick it. I'm just the hose, you know, like spirit picked it because I know you. And it's like an inside joke, like a a wink from spirit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do Do you feel like uh, spirit works in jokes quite a lot? Yes, yes. I always say like when people say like, how do you know if it's psychic or spirit or if it's just me? I say spirit does three things. It's always compassionate. So it's not going to be an ass kicker in a mean way. It's always funny. And it often feels like an inside joke. Oh, that's interesting. An inside joke for your client. Right, for the client. I had a client come in once and her mom came through. And I'm a psychic medium, but mediumship is not my um, like my focus. I really do more life coaching type psychic readings, as you know. And But I do some mediumship if it comes through. And somebody's mom came into the room and... She kept saying to me, carousel, 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 say carousel. And I, you know, you want to filter, but you can't as a psychic, that's your job not to. And I said, she wants me to say carousel. She's saying it over and over. And the girl burst into tears because that was their favorite movie together. And she collected them, carousels, like little ones. So it was her way of letting her know it was her. Wow. It's interesting how that happens. And a lot of times that I've been watching other good psychic mediums, watching the Life After Death Netflix series, which is really good. And yeah, the I was just thinking about that. Good. Yeah. She's good. I like her. Mm. And she, everything she's saying, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. That's exactly right. Sometimes she just doesn't even know what it means, but it means something to the sitter, or the, the person you're reading for. So tell me about that process when you're sitting with a client. Is it mainly about emptying out for you and just allowing things to come through? Yeah, I think you do have to get your own stuff out of the way so you don't color it with your opinion. And there are times in readings where I will be like, if you want to know my opinion, this is it. Or if you held a gun to my head, this is what I would tell you. I like to give all the information and let my clients choose what they want to do. I tend to get a more advanced clientele. Uh, my, like my perfect client, my ideal client is extremely creative, kind of a rebe- rebel, rebellious, goes their own way, a highly sensitive person, often they're healers themselves, or a lot of times they're artists. I, I track. I don't know that. why you and I ended up together, given How that it profile. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like typical, typical, yeah, totally, yeah. totally. So what are most people asking you about? Are the common themes? Yes, the, the favorite two are always career and love. Mm. Like the third one would be health and family, kind of tied for third. And then it's like physical move, life changes. Right. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you can be a psychic for yourself? Yeah, a little bit. Yes. I I don't even, I shouldn't even say a little bit. I'm very, very psychic for myself. I think what makes it harder about being psychic for yourself or people really close to you, it's hard not to be biased or not to rationalize information when you're close to it. Mm. Um, I have known when people were about to pass or when something was even family members. And I have known weird things, but I haven't always been able to connect the dots as clearly as I can for other people. But like I knew I was going to be moving and I denied that for a while. It must be hard to know what to listen to and what not to listen to. I spoke to Mm -hmm. an intuitive once who said to me, 
psychic information has a sort of element of gossip in it. Like, don't take it too seriously. He thought, well, I guess he thought I took my own psychic information too seriously. (laughs) You know? I don't know. Sometimes I think that we dismiss things. Like, I got warnings about pandemic and I kind of shrugged them off. Because spirit told me to, not a lot of things, not, I, I knew something big was happening and it felt kind of disastrous and I don't get a lot of information like that. And I'm like, is it going to be a big earthquake? Cause I got a lot of, you need to prep information like buy tuna cans and water, stock up on water and toilet paper. And I ignored it. And I'm, of course we're scrambling for the toilet Did paper. Did they actually say toilet paper? <laughs> yes, I ignored it. I, luckily I had lots of hand sanitizer already, but I was like, I was crazy. So the other piece of information they told me was, I was going to be spending a lot of time at home for about a year and using what I already had and like to make sure I was stocked up at home with what I wanted there. And I'm like, huh? I didn't know why. You know what I mean? Sometimes you don't know why you just get the information. Did it come as images or words or how does that come to you? Uh, It's all different for everybody. When I first started out, I was, uh, it all came as words. I'm I'm very clear audience. I hear directly. Mm. Uh, It's like clear hearing, clear audience. I'm also clairvoyant, which is seeing, like I see images almost like across a movie screen, like most psychics do. Sometimes I see things with my physical eyes too that other people don't see. Like, or uh, I can see fairies sometimes, like as light, sometimes angelic presence. What's the difference between a fairy presence and an angelic presence? Angelic is big. (laughs) It's really Uh, big and radiant. You can feel it. It's almost like you're, like they say in the Bible, like biblical stuff, it's like they were afraid. It's a big presence. Mm. It's pure love. Fairies are more like, they move in a, this kind of pattern to me, like kind of wavy pattern. And they go in and out almost like fireflies. When have you seen fairies before? I think it started as soon as high school. And I didn't know what I was looking at. And they started studying them a little more in college. And I went, oh my gosh, they've been with me forever. I believed wow. in them as a child too. Really connected to both of those realms. Yeah. Tell me about yourself as a child. Were you a little fairy child? Oh, totally. Yeah. I actually played, <laughs> I wanted to be a fairy princess ballerina when I grew up. And I actually got to play the, the, like the queen of the fairies in Scheherazade as a child. I'm like, life mission accomplished. No, I mean, well done. You basically <laughs> yeah. got it made, made in the shade, darling. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's interesting about past lives too, because I think children remember their past lives or hints of it a lot of times. And they'll be wildly drawn to things before that magic gets knocked out of them. Hmm. Did you have any magic knocked out of you or was it nurtured? I think it was a little bit of both, but mostly nurtured. I I come from a very creative household, thank goodness. And my family is really creative and very open-minded, which is amazing. I do think they're very logical too. So some of it was like, Mm. when I first started this professionally, they're like, my dad said, well, there's a sucker born every minute. And he was like, you're a charlatan, you know? (laughs) But now they're like, hey, where's my glasses? Oh no. (laughs) Because I have proven my accuracy over the years. I'm like, well, maybe people are just gifted. Some people like they... Because I came up at, I, in a religious household, but it was very Protestant, loosey-goosey, rainbows and butterflies and uh, lesbian pastors. Like it was totally open-minded. and Nice. Whereabouts yeah. was this? This was First Congregational Church in Madison, Wisconsin. Oh, Wisconsin. Okay. Yeah. So they won like Nobel Peace Prizes for having like open-minded, amazing ads for the church and things like that. It's very, very, it's not like other churches I visited. It's really interesting. I think every psychic I've interviewed has had an open-minded background. Or I mean, actually, there's one case of someone bursting out of completely the yeah. opposite, actually. But, but in general, it seems like these kinds of gifts do well when they're not fucked with. I mean, probably like yeah. most gifts, yeah. but 
but they're, they're gifts of sensitivity. Yes. I think the opposite is true as well, though. I know a lot of psychics who are born of abusive households mm-hmm. because they had to be on, they had to have their antenna that turned into like antlers, you know, spidey senses tingling to know whether things were safe or not. So mm-hmm. I've seen almost as many psychics from abusive backgrounds as I have from really nurturing ones. It's the in-between. It's like, yeah. <laughs> right. No one in the middle becomes a psychic or it's pretty rare. Less yeah. of them. Yeah. Less of them. Yeah. yeah. So tell me, I know we talked about, or we touched on the idea of manifestation when we checked in before. This is one of your, your favorite topics. Is that right? I love it because it's such a hot button topic and it's taught so wrong (laughs) and the Mm. beliefs around it are so off. And I think it's a good topic right now because everybody's rebuilding after 2020 kind of knocked them on their butt in their own ways. I teach a class called practical manifesting. Mm. And I teach another one called manifesting with your paper planner. Cause I think it's a lot of it's about planning and the active side of manifesting, like divinely inspired action, not just waiting for something to come to you as part of it. Right. Not just sort of sitting there on your mat. Yeah. You can't just stare at your vision board. It doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work as well. Damn. You have to actually do something about it. That's sad. No. People yeah. hate that part. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so can we even just talk about the word manifesting? Because sure. I love the idea of creating and creating a new and transformation. Yeah. That, you know, that's what I live for. At the same time, there's something sometimes in the spirit of manifestation that feels a little bit like a masculine override. Like we're going to just make shit happen. Yeah. As opposed to yes. being in kind of play with it. I love that, Jane. You nailed it. Yes. The way I teach it is you have to have a balance of the feminine and masculine. We all have both in us. Like it's a balance, you know, and the feminine is like the holding of the space for something to happen and the um, believing in the magic of it and being, uh, being open and available for it actually to come to you and actually Mm -hmm. receive it, being able to receive it when it does show up. The masculine side is the um, active principle. I would say it's like the making the phone calls, doing the action side. Without the feminine side, you don't dare to dream and it's like you're not motivated or you're just pushing, pushing and you don't know why or what or why it's aligned for you. And without the masculine side, it's too passive. It's like you're just staring at your vision board and meditating, Mm. you know, but you're not doing anything to help the alignment process along in the physical. With manifesting, should you come up with a vision and hash it out in detail? Yes and no. I think it's good to have a vision that... It's really about the emotional connection to your vision. Um, I've had a lot of clients tell me I don't like vision boarding because I stare at it and feel like I'll never get there. And I tell people like, there's no right or wrong way to vision board. It's what works for you. So I like doing them quarterly. Like every three months is about Mm -hmm. the time I'm on a new cycle of energy, sometimes a little bit longer. Like I have one that's still kind of pending, still going from last year. I didn't even make one for New Year's this year because I'm like, nope, this one's still going. But the images will be something that I feel like can be next and easy to manifest most of the time. I have fun stories about vision boards too that have come about in very strange ways. But I look at them and I'm excited and happy. And they don't have to be images of like a brand new Lexus. They can be like images of like, I've had like champagne on my vision board. I've had like seafood. (laughs) I've had like fish tacos on my vision board because I wanted to cook more seafood. And then like, when you accomplish those little things, you believe the bigger things are possible too. I see. I wouldn't have thought about putting putting like food on a vision board. That's interesting. Yeah. So you're you're building up a whole 
like the look of a life that you want to be living? Yes, it's like a lookbook for your next chapter of your life, the way I look at it. And like, I'll have like pictures of people laughing and cooking with friends around the table. And I have a really funny one. I had one that said unlocks a suite on an old vision board, like S-U-I-T-E, like a, like a hotel room. Uh. My cousin came through Hollywood and wanted to know where to stay. And I said, you should check out Mama's Shelter because there's not a lot of in the middle of Hollywood great places with rooftops. She wanted a rooftop bar. I'm like, that's very it and now. And it was coming through, but there was bad weather on the way. And she couldn't make it all the way, but her company paid for the suite. And she said, hey, do you just want to take the hotel suite for the night? And I was just starting to date my now fiance at the time. And um, it was our first vacation. I'm like, yeah, I'll take it. So it was like, wow, that, that happened like for free at a free hotel suite. Weird things have come about that have been on the vision board. And sometimes it's not always coming in the way you think it will, but it's kind of magical how things do come about. It kind of mm. blows my mind. So is that law of attraction? It's law of attraction. And I always tell people, I believe in law of attraction, but it's not the only law happening. So people get really annoyed. And I'm like, there's also divine timing. There's the law of karma. There's free will of other people. There's like a lot going on. It's not just law of attraction and that's it. And I think that's how it's taught, you know, most of the time. Yeah. And how much should we be holding on to what we want? Right. And I think it's fine to have that there, but things will shift and change over time as well. And what we want changes. That's why I do mine for short periods of time because I usually don't change my mind within 90 days. (laughs) Right. And I also think there's something about holding on to what you want so tight that you miss what's actually there. Yeah, absolutely. Or holding on to what, like you're missing what's meant for you. That's another gift coming in, an unexpected one. And how the hell do you know what's meant for you? I mean, is that just a feeling of resonance? Or You know it when it happens to you. You'll Mm. know it because you'll feel it. You'll feel aligned with something. You'll feel like, oh, this is it. You'll feel good. You know, it just feels so right. And I'm excited about it. Yeah, yes. like, I feel really, really great with this. It's like, how yeah. do you know when you've met the one? It's that kind of energy. You just feel mm. comfortable and happy and it's easy, you know? Right, it makes itself known. It doesn't go away. It feels like the, the relationships that you ask about, that you're wondering about. I always think if, like, if you take a guy to a psychic, it's probably not going to be a great relationship <laughs> anyway. <if you're, laughs> it depends. Going, I see a lot of couples in too who have great relationships and Really? They, they both leave feeling, I don't do this a lot, but every once in a while I do a couple's reading, almost mm. like a couple's counseling, but with a psychic, you know, like a psychic session. Oh, that's interesting. And yeah. they're like, they all feel leaving so validated about what they were upset about, but also being seen and figuring out how to fix it, like what they both need to do. And it's amazing. Everybody leaves smiling. That's how it should be. That's a good couple's therapy session. Yeah, exactly. So the way I was trained to do couple's therapy is you basically... You sit with a couple and obviously you gather information, but also you basically empathize as deeply as you can with their pain so that they feel seen. Yes. You may be able to give them some, some homework or you may not, depending on you know what's being presented. I'm wondering if that's different for you or how that's different for you in a psychic couples reading. Very similar. We just get information that's maybe not surface. We, you know, maybe it's something they didn't tell us. We'll mm. see patterns like with our clairvoyance or hear it psychic hearing. So we have like a cheater tool here. I was going <laughs> to, I was just thinking about that. It. Like, how do you deal with cheating if you see it? I mean, sometimes I feel that as well as a therapist. I'm like, You're oh. very intuitive though, Jane. Right. <laughs> a lot, of, <laughs> a a lot therapist. of therapists are very intuitive. Yeah. 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 I think just sitting with people and talking, that's something that you naturally kind of grow. 
I think some people pick up on energies. They're naturally very gifted. I think my parents are both very gifted. How long have you been being a psychic or when did you start training to be a psychic? Oh, good question. Um, I started learning the cards like tarot at 14. Mm. My mom's friend, Marilyn, um, always read for us on New Year's. It was like, she used a cheat sheet and everything, but she was amazing. And I'm like, how do these cards know what's going on in my life? And I started studying them at 14, like self-taught. So I've been reading for a really, really long time. And then I later on in college, I was like the go-to girl for readings. Like everybody in the dorms came in my sorority, all the theater departments, like, oh, I need a reading help. So I got known for that. It really developed my psychic abilities around that time. I started getting information that wasn't in the cards. It was like really specific hits. And I'm like, whoa, where'd that come from? Like, um, oh, is he your ex I said, he's your ex-boyfriend in your herpetology class. And she goes, I did not tell you that. You know, like, how do you know that? And um, later on, I studied under really great mediums, one in particular who was just amazing in LA and sat in circle with her. I tell people like, if you have mediumship or real psychic abilities, sit in circle, like a closed circle with real mediums or real psychics or people developing and have it be verifiable information that someone can connect to in a circle. It all feels so positive to me. What's the hardest part for you of being a psychic? The hardest part is people who do not see how they have a part in their future and they want to blame you for things not happening on a particular time frame. but it's their attitude. Like there's always a couple crazy people on Yelp or whatever and you go read their reviews and they're just terrorizing every small business everywhere. And it's like, that's why you're not getting the results that you want mm-hmm. in life. It's not, no psychic can tell you how, you know what I mean? We can tell what's possible but like, if you show up and are an a-hole, you're, you're going to get bad results. To, you know what I mean? Or if you keep showing up in relationship and not healing why you're attracting narcissists, you're going to keep doing it. There's a personal responsibility that people, they want the magic and they want it instantly. They don't want to do the work. And that's, that's the hardest part. It's hard to watch people suffer. I think you're right. I think in general, um, there's an attraction to psychics that's about sort of passively receiving hopeful news. Yeah. <laughs> And that's okay and it, too, but, yeah. mm-hmm. but it's, it takes two to tango for sure. What I'm attracted to is really the healing. It's the combination of the healing, but also looking further into the field of possibility, which yes. isn't always what the therapist typically does. Right, right. So it's sort of therapy plus a bit of showbiz. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally, totally. And I think it's cool when people can hold um, space for you, hold a vision for you that's bigger than what you can hold for yourself. Or if you're really struggling at the time, like I'm, my, my YouTube channel, which I never do anymore, was the intuitive actress because I am an intuitive actress. I'm also an actress. And when I have called, there's an amazing psychic I speak to as well, who's all the way in Wales. We just connected. I'm, I'm friends with a lot of the world, top world psychics because we like each other because we, we get each other. Mm. And um, she held space for me in my acting career and tells me what's coming up. And I mean, she predicted my husband, my future husband that I'm engaged yeah. to now. She said there'd be a man in Los Angeles who was also British. I was talking to a different British guy at the time. And she's like, he's had his eye on you and he's shy and he'll eventually approach you. And all of this happened. All of it happened shortly after I got back from London and he was watching the trip going, no, it's not him. It's not any other guy over there. It's me. It's me. Me going to England because I felt drawn there was what got him to reach out to me. And I, funny, I had a vision board that was just for love and I put it up in my love bagua of the feng shui or whatever. And it had a lot of British stuff on it. Like, all you need is love. And like then I attracted this Brit and I laugh about it now. I'm like, I didn't yes. even realize subconsciously what I was doing. 
I like British people, clearly. <laughs> I, like- I like that. I like that you're feeling the Brits. That's amazing. But they have to be the wild Brits, not the stuffy Brits. Yeah, I agree. I like the wild Brits too. Sometimes you get both in one package. You get stuffy and wild. But then usually true. alcohol's involved. <laughs> <laughs> but so back to envisioning and when it comes to love, you know, I don't know about this because part of me feels like the best thing to do when it comes to um, certainly when it comes to love is just to let go completely, not to be focusing, focusing. And I don't know what to say to my clients when they come to me with that question and they're like, what do I do? What's wrong with me? I'm like, I kind of just want to like click my fingers and change the subject and go like, you're yeah. fine. Like, don't worry about it. It's just div- like, like, as you said, it's kind of divine timing. We don't have mastery over it. But it's like saying, don't think of pink elephants. That's all they're going to think about. That's uh, it's so frustrating. Yeah. A practitioner. I totally feel you, Jane. I think it's a combination of being extremely clear about what you want, like what kind of relationship you want, and being open, very open to surprises as well. Um, and being very open to what's meant. Um, like I said, what's meant or what's aligned or what's the best for you. It may not always be what you're attracted to initially. You know what I mean? Like it could be coming in as a surprise. They could be a little older or younger or, you know, different hair than you imagined or something like that or different culture. But you have to be open-minded enough to let spirit bring you what's a gift for you in relationship. But I also think it's really good to be super clear about what you're wanting and what you're attracting. Sometimes we're attracting our lesson and not what we're wanting. You know, like when people make the list, I've heard it going too far. Like, I think it's good to make a list of like the qualities that you must have, the ones that are nice to have and like deal breakers as well, separate sheet of paper. So you can be clear But don't get into what I call Chandler binging somebody, which is like the checklist is more important than the actual soul in front of you or getting to know somebody and how their energy feels. You don't want to like, oh, they have a weird laugh and then they're dead to me. Like it's just too harsh (laughs) and you can overdo it on the list. I I had a friend who was, you know, like he's going to be um, marrying us. So he was interviewing us and he's like for vows. My friend has this like 14 page manifesto and he manifested this love into his life that's perfect for him. I'm like, yeah okay I'm like that's gonna go ahead and block you from anybody because that's just I'm like that was a fluke lucky friend but like that's crazy the 14 pages of what they must be yeah so funny I'm just thinking about a a moment of burning man when a guy very handsome guy actually uh approached me and he said I think you might fit all these items on my list and he read out 50 items from a from a manifestation workshop that he'd just done and I didn't know what to think, but you know, then it also got really it's granular. So it was like, it's so unromantic. And it was all this like must love anal sex and stuff. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Like this isn't really a conversation. This is more like an ultimatum. Yes. It's not you romantic know? when you have the checklist <laughs> like that. People, especially for women, but I, in general, yuck. Like I get the exercise of doing a checklist, but maybe don't share it. You don't share it. And you do this. Yeah. With- Kind of put it in a corner and forget about it. I see. So you get really and when clear, you feel like you're slipping, you or when you feel like you've met someone amazing, go go and just do a little quick check and don't get obsessed about it. You know what I mean, Jane? I know you do. <laughs> I I do know what you mean, and I think it's uh I think it's a hard time for relationships because I think so much is changing. You know, so much is is up in the air in terms yeah. of where we're going, who we are. We've never had so many options. Are you looking to cultivate your acting as much as your psychic or what's the balance between the two sides uh, of yeah, your... Yeah, I would say psychic has always been like a passion, the, the energy world. It, it connects to everything, including acting. 
I don't see them as totally separate, but as far as like businesses go, I take primarily, I'm an actress and this is my business, but I love it. It's my bread and butter, but I love doing it. And I love connecting to other creative people on a really deep, deep level immediately. And those connections you remember, it's, it's kind of a, a gift. And I also got to, I get to meet people that I would normally meet as an actress. They, you know, in LA, they roll your, their eyes at you if you say you're an actor, but if they see you're a psychic, everyone wants to talk to you. And I've gotten to work parties for like <laughs> celebrities and Star Wars and the WB. I, I, we joke on the WB psychic. I've worked so many parties for them. So many, you know, big film companies, magazines, things like that, fashion parties. And I've got to see collections before they were out. They've given me the swag that was out. It's been really fun. I've gotten to connect with amazing, amazing people. I feel like if I had the superpowers that you have, I would want to be talking about them all the time. And I imagine you have to learn to sort of hold back a bit. I, I don't, I have a weird thing about it. I, I, when spirit tells you to say something, it's okay. I don't like the cold approach. Come tell somebody something really deep. They may not be ready for it. I don't, I don't think it's right. I have ethics around that. Also, it's my job. So I need to turn it off and have normal people time for my own sanity and groundedness. And, but there are times like my, my husband to be is also a top psychic. We both are, it's weird how we're both psychic actors and found each other. And we've had times where we both have been sent to help someone, but it's like somewhere really weird, like world market checkout person. And there was no line behind us. Wait, wait, wait. I don't understand. You were both sent to help. A world we were market like there buying person? hot chocolate. And like, sometimes we're being sent by spirit specifically to talk to someone. And we don't usually like give a ton. He's worse than I am, but we don't usually give a ton of psychic information to strangers. But this time he's like, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I'm psychic. So she, we're meant to tell you this. He's like, you're a musician. You're meant to not give up, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, like I was telling him and you play this and you want this. And then I see you playing on a late night show and opening for so like, you know, oh these God. things and we're like, we're meant to tell you, don't give up. Cause he was about to switch majors or do something else. And we're like, no, you're meant to be a musician. And we're, we're supposed to tell you not to switch gears yet. You're just about to hit. I mean, you must've made that, that world market guys day uh, or it not even really just great. day. That must've been a really sort of amazing moment. Do you have people come back to you going like you said? Oh, all the time, all the time. Usually it's good though. Usually it's a confirmation. I've had some weird ones too. I had a client say they listened to an old reading and I told her, you're going to be working with animals that look like zebras, but they're not zebras. And she's like, I listened to an old reading on my way here. She's like, holy shit, that's what I do at the zoo now. I work with these stripy animals. I don't even know what I'm saying half the time. And they come back and like, I said that? What? Because I'm, you know, I'm not a trans psychic. I do remember a lot of what I say, but I read for so many people. I'm like, I said that? What? Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. I just, yeah, I just remembered actually. I think it was in our first reading that you said, I see you doing, she said, you said something like, I think it's EMDR. And I didn't even know what it was. And actually I yeah. thought it sounded a bit boring. Right. And now I'm trained in, <laughs> now I'm trained in EMDR. And I'm like, this, this stuff is fucking genius, you know? So yeah. that's pretty amazing that you get these hits. And I guess that, the, it seems to me the hardest thing to figure out, and maybe it's because it's not written in stone, is timelines. Timelines are, I hate doing timelines. Yeah. Spirit will give me timelines when people are meant to have them, but it's tricky. Like I've told someone, I described a guy and told her August, and it was August of the next year, not August of that year. Sometimes I nail it. Sometimes I get the initials of their future husband. And sometimes I'm like, don't pay attention to the tiny details. Pay attention to the big picture. It's more important than hair color or initials or something like that. 
Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was also, I was actually just talking to a friend and she was saying, and I feel like this is a rather familiar conversation in uh, LA of like, oh, I don't know whether to keep on seeing psychics, you know, this sort of thing of like, is it a guilty pleasure or is it helping me? And she said, I've been hanging on in this relationship because this psychic said that he's my guy. And I realized I keep sort of forgiving things that maybe I shouldn't forgive or not leaving where maybe I should leave because I've been given this kind of statement from a stranger. What do you think about that? I think you can't put too much weight in what anybody tells you when your gut's telling you something else, including psychics. And there are real psychics and fake ones. And unfortunately, there are a lot more bad ones than good ones. Psychics get a bad rap and the real ones are the most compassionate, funny, gifted, amazing people I know. But there are so many charlatans, like I said, that's why there has to be integrity and a lot of confirmation. Right. I do think there's quite a lot of that. Definitely in, in LA, you know, like the, the candles and the crystals and the tarot, oh, yeah. it's sort of the look of it as much as anything else. I mean, the I'm great guilty. Part about it is it's so normal and I didn't get treated like a crazy person there. But the, yeah, that's the problem with it is... Um, People don't take it as seriously of a practice or, or get the right credentials before practicing professionally. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. And I, I respect your training and I've always felt that about you. I think it's also your nature. You've got a kind of a, an earthiness, which really helps. Oh, thanks, Jane. That's so lovely to hear. I'm so fire and air in my charts, but I try really? to keep it grounded. Mm-hmm. Well, there's mm-hmm. something at least maybe compared to me, uh, <laughs> I feel like you have a kind of pragmatic approach, which really I love. That's why I attract creatives because I've had to cultivate that because I'm more like you. I uh, am more like, like I, uh-huh. somebody nail me down because I am yeah. very material and very fiery and very creative. So I've had to become more type A and more grounded and more practical because yeah. I had to train myself to. Megan, I know you've got a back-to-back day, so I'm going to release you. It was <laughs> even though I don't so want to. Talking to you. All right. Thank you so much, Shane. Lots of love, darling. Much love. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.